Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, my name's Cameron Beddy, and welcome to the Your Mind is Your Home podcast. I'm going to share with you some ideas and concepts all around mental and emotional health. I'm going to discuss ways that may help you expand your way of thinking that may then possibly improve how you're then living. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as I share with you now some positive insights around mental health. Have you ever found yourself in life where you feel like you're at a crossroad and you don't know whether to go in one direction or you're not sure if you should actually go in the other direction? Have you at times found yourself thinking, well, maybe I should choose to do this or maybe I should choose to do that, but it just consumes you, the actual thought process of thinking, well, which choice is the better choice or which choice is the safer choice? Um, perhaps you've had situations where you thought, should I stay or should I leave? You know, whether it's a relationship, a job, a friendship. And so today I'm talking about inner conflict. And this is where we tend to get pulled in different directions. We generally get pulled in two directions quite a lot of the time, overdoing one thing or having the uncertainty, the confusion, the... um, mental and emotional challenges of whether we should do the other thing. And when we experience inner conflict, it's it's something that we experience within ourselves, but it can be extremely draining. It can be mentally draining, it can be physically draining, and it can be hugely emotionally draining. And what tends to happen is we've got this situation where we just can't get to a point where we make a choice. We can't get to a point where we feel a sense of certainty or a sense of ease within ourselves for the challenge that lies in front of us or the conflict that sits in front of us. Should should I do this or should I do that? And so this can be really draining and this can go on and you may have experienced this. It depends on the person. Every person is different and individual into what and how they experience things. But for some people, 
This inner conflict can go on for a long, long time. And what can happen in the time that really spans out where the person is going back and forth having this conflict, the conflict at times can start to die down. And the person can feel like they can get on with their life, they can feel like they've got to a place of peace, but then the conflict comes back up. And not only does it come back up, but it can come up stronger. It can come up with more persistence, wanting you to make a decision, wanting you to make a choice. And what's actually happening there is that persistence that comes up from within yourself. It's not so much about making a decision or making a choice. It's actually about coming to a place of peace within yourself for the uncomfortable feelings that are not being addressed or dealt with, or even, let's say, healed. And so inner conflict, the longer it's left, can actually cause you to really drain down your physical, mental, emotional, and even your spiritual battery. You can actually feel emotionally low, where you fall into areas of depression or even anxiety because you've got this uncertainty. And so when we look at inner conflict, and when I look at inner conflict as a practitioner, um, it's not common for actually people to present the conflict as an area that they want to work on. So for example, a person doesn't generally, it does happen, but doesn't generally come into a session and say, I'm not sure whether to take this opportunity or stay where I am and stay in this safe, regular routine because the opportunity, even though it's bright and light and appealing, there's a lot of uncertainty and I'm going back and forth over whether I should stay or whether I should go, whether I should take this opportunity or whether I should stick to what I know. And so people don't usually present that problem. Occasionally they will. Where people will present their problems, their challenges, is through the anxiety that they're experiencing or through the depression that they're in or the overthinking or the feelings of being uncertain or feeling unhappy, emotionally low, feeling like they've got no energy, no motivation. Those are usually the signs. Those are usually the experiences that get communicated by people for where underneath what's presented on a deeper level. So if we go beyond the surface level to what's presented, if we get into the deeper level, we tend to find that there's inner conflict or there's parts of us that are having inner conflict on a mental and emotional level. Now, I say parts of us because the conflict can then be broken down to part of me wants to do this, but part of me isn't sure. Part of me thinks I should get a new job, but part of me is scared of the risk. Part of me wants adventure and fun. But part of me thinks I'm, I'm too old for that. And so 
in sessions, the parts start to come to the surface. So these deeper level issues, which are kind of presented as anxiety or stress or overthinking, on a deeper level, we can have parts in in conflict and within ourselves. Now, as you're listening to this, you may start to relate to this where you have a part or part of you wants to do this and part of you wants to do that. And it can feel like a tug of war, that inner pull going in one direction or the other direction. Now, how this is identified professionally, how this is identified is when the person is talking about their, let's say, surface level anxiety or depression overthinking or worry. When the person is explaining the detail, it's in the language that they use that they're not generally consciously aware of the point that they're in conflict because they're presenting feeling on edge or feeling uncomfortable or always feeling tired. It's in the language that they use and a lot of people will just say, well, part of me wants this and part of me wants that and then they'll carry on with their situation. If you go back to the parts, if you work with the parts and resolve the parts, then those parts come to a place of wholeness, come to a place of peace. So you then find that the anxiety, the depression, the overthinking stops. And so... It's noticeable, firstly, through the language, the language, the way that people communicate, the words that they use, which literally it's like a siren going off as a practitioner. You can be like, okay, here's an inner conflict, a parts conflict, where then you start to explore as the practitioner the different parts. You start to communicate with them. You start to try to understand how it's a problem for the person, how it's affecting their life. And so the thoughts that we think, the inner conversations that we have, the inner voices that speak to us, the things that we experience personally, privately, even secretly inside our own head, those things that we experience for ourselves People on the outside, a lot of the time, have no idea of the level, the degree of the conflict or the strain of our own thoughts that we're experiencing inside of ourselves. And so where there's parts and where there's inner conflict, those thoughts that you see inside your head, the movies that you watch, those inner conversations that you have, those inner voices that speak, they can be very challenging. They can be very, very overpowering. They can be difficult to control, to stop. And this can all lead to personal inner conflict. Now, just a reminder, my inner conflict can and will feel different to your inner conflict. And your inner conflict can and will feel different to the next person's inner conflict. So when, as a practitioner, I'm working with a person who's got the conflict, it doesn't matter if the conflict doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't matter if I think, well, that's not really a problem. This is a personal challenge, a personal inner conflict that's happening to the person that needs to be respected. And so the thoughts that we think, the inner voices that we have, those conversations that we struggle with 
inside of ourselves, when they're in relation to an inner conflict, when they're in relation to parts of us that are torn in two directions, they can not only just affect us on a mental and emotional and a physical level, but they can change our personalities. They can influence the way that we behave. They can shape the way that we see the world and the way that we experience life. They can also, on a detrimental level, negatively influence the relationships that we have with people, partners, friends, colleagues, even random people that you encounter, as well as, most importantly, the relationship that you have with yourself. So in a conflict, if it's not dealt with, if it's not resolved, not only can it feel physically and mentally draining, but it can lead to further problems, especially externally when there's other people involved or other things like your professional performance or the way that you parent or the way that you interact with people and the world around you. And so the longer the inner conflict is left, the stronger and more persistent it can get in its call to get your attention. Because behind the conflict, behind the part of us that wants to do one thing, or behind the uncertainty of whether we should do the other thing, there is a need. There is a need, there is a want. And in NLP, in neurolinguistic programming, we call this a driver. This is what's driving the behavior. This is what's driving the part to call out for attention. This is what's driving the inner conflict to speak up, to be felt, because there's a need. There's a want that needs to be identified, worked with, understood, reframed, healed, so that you can get to a sense of wholeness so that you can get to a sense of inner peace. And so without understanding the needs or the wants and without getting to a place of communication around that inner conflict, not only can it then go on to shape the way that you live your life, the way that you experience your experiences and influence the relationships that you have, it can lead to behaviour that may not positively serve you. Because what can happen, there can be certain behaviours, and you may be able to relate to this now, there may be behaviours that numb the feeling or just silence that inner call. And then those behaviours that start almost as a solution because they start to help you feel better. They start to numb that inner conflict. Those behaviours can become more frequent. And as the behaviour becomes more frequent and you become detached from the inner conflict, what can continue to happen then with the behaviour is it can feel like a norm. It It can become natural. And so in many ways it can end up being an addiction. And so the behavior which started in some ways as a solution to the problem, to the strain, to the pull that was being experienced inside, 
the behavior that started as a solution can then become a problem because the use of the behavior is too frequent. And that then can be leading to a negative impact on how you experience your life. This can be things like alcohol, drugs, sex, compulsive shopping, overeating. It can be so many different things. It can be overworking, overachieving. It doesn't always have to be negative, but then they can have negative responses on how you live and how you operate and how you communicate with people. So if we don't address those inner calls, those feelings, those conflicts, if we don't work with them and communicate with them, and there's lots of ways that we can work and can communicate with them to get to a sense of inner peace and to get to a sense of wholeness, if we don't work with those areas, then we continue to experience inner conflict. And that conflict, the longer it's left, continues to affect our lives. The other way that I've noticed with the people that I work with how inner conflict is expressed, it is with the language, but it's kind of beyond the language. It's when people will give you an example of their inner voices and the conversations that they're having, and one voice will be saying one thing, and then there's another voice which contradicts it or says something negative or bullies the other voice. And there you have an inner conflict. You have one voice wanting one thing and one voice wanting the other. And the result is the person feels completely mentally and emotionally drained and it's starting to affect their life. So it's not just the things, the choices that we need to make. It can be the way that we, could, we, the way that we communicate with ourselves inside our head. It can be as simple as our thought processes that leads us to a point of inner conflict. And another area where I've experienced this myself and I've seen it with other people is when we have the inner conflict or maybe it's more so the inner call or is it the inner scream? It's really trying to get your attention. It's the inner child because we all have the inner child and that inner child can be experiencing feelings, emotions, it can be needing and wanting to be reassured, to be loved, to be held safe, to be protected. So in many other ways, the conflict that is experienced within, which is presented through anxiety, which is presented through depression, or even if it's got to a point of addiction, can be a call, a cry, a plea from a younger self. And for a lot of people, it can be very difficult to address the needs of the inner child or to actually form that communication or form that reassurance um, from professional experience and actually from personal experience because I've worked with my own inner child. From experience as an adult, what I've noticed in myself and noticed in other people that upon approach of the inner child or having located the situation, the circumstance and the set of feelings and in particular the age of the child or the teen, the younger self that has a need or has a want that needs addressing, at first it can feel emotional 
But then, and very quickly, the adult mind kind of kicks in and starts to see and understand and experience and hear and feel that the younger self is actually feeling and experiencing the situation of what they were feeling back at the time. However, the adult self who is now forming and being facilitated to have this communication and intervention with the younger self can start to consciously and rationally see that actually the voice within, the feelings that are experienced within, aren't really as big, as painful, as severe as they would be experienced now because the adult has more resilience, more inner strength, more confidence, more self-esteem, etc. So the adult can suddenly get this shift and give the inner child what they need and what they want, which is pretty much what was probably lacking at the specific time the situation happened. So inner conflict can show up in many different ways. It can be that tug of war. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I stay? Should I go? It can be a parent's inner voice saying, live like this, do this. And it can be your own saying, no, I don't want to. This is what I want. And you can feel conflicted. It can be the inner child. It can be past experiences that haven't been resolved. And so if you think about or if you can relate to the feelings where you felt conflicted and the drain and strain that you've experienced, you may be able to relate to this. And how do you resolve and get to a place of peace within? Well, it doesn't have to be difficult. I recently um, did an NLP process called a parts integration with a lady that I was working with who had communicated that she was being pulled in two different directions. And it was it, for her, it was really simple, the language that she gave to me. There was part of her doing this and part of her wanting to do this. And it was, it was absolutely mentally and emotionally draining her. And the process of a parts integration where I, as the practitioner, communicate with her and we communicate with the parts. We have the parts come out, so to say, and to sit and stand or be present in each hand and we can look at the part we can get a sense of the part we can try to get an understanding of the need and the want and what happened was we integrate the parts into a sense of wholeness we bring the parts together so that the negative part can release the need and want and we move it from working at the lowest level of that part bringing it up to the highest level and usually the highest level and the highest intention of the part is the same as the part that it's in conflict with and her response was how have you made me feel so calm how have you made me feel so peaceful in 90 minutes when I've been having years of therapy to try to understand so many things and you've done something so quickly and it's because if you find the parts and you communicate with the parts, change can happen very, very quickly. The longer a part is left, um, and so parts can go off and have an inner conflict, can, can develop habits and develop negative traits, let's say. So a person may have a positive experience gambling or a positive experience using drugs, let's say a high, and then 
they do it again and it's not as good or they're starting to lose money, either spending it on drugs or spending it gambling and then they're losing more or their health's being affected, but they're stuck in a cycle and they're stuck in a pattern, actually the part that had that high can start to want to experience what it experienced in its own way and on its own terms. And so it works out of the unconscious awareness and it works as a separate part and that's where it becomes draining because it starts to physically impact your whole central nervous system and so if you've got parts of you that are doing things at part-time behavior so it's not a full-time issue you can feel very drained and a lot of people will say it feels like something takes over me the action I have no control of. And as soon as they've got the thrill or it's climaxed, they come back to their rational conscious self and then they feel this kind of regret or guilt or remorse. But a lot of people will say, actually, it's like something came over me. You know, I randomly had sex with someone or I took drugs on a whim or, you know, I just went and blew £300 on a slot machine. People will communicate this and they will say it's like something came over me. That's where the part has got so much strength that it just fires and it runs its thought processes and it gets its needs, it gets its wants, but then it just pretty much abandons you and you're left with the outcome. So if that's something that relates to you in a behavior that you're experiencing and it may be affecting your life, then the NLP process parts integration will most likely help you to stop and eradicate the behavior and then with some further coaching help you move forward with your life. So thank you for listening to this episode today. I hope you're continuing to learn more about your mental and emotional experiences from the insights that I'm sharing. In the next episode, I'll be talking all about thought patterns, overthinking cycles of thoughts and how we can embrace a more positive mindset and how we can deal with a negative mindset. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can reach me at CameronBeddy.com or over on Instagram for some daily motivation at Coach Cameron Beddy. Thank you for listening and have a great day. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.